Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. It's intern, John. Celebrate the coziest season with Safeway. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all of your seasonal favorites. Make the most of those fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Visit your neighborhood Safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery. They're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Sincerely, Safeway. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us now with clarity. Father, I pray for those that are watching that have never, ever watched. I pray that you speak to them in such a way that it makes them know that you not only know them, but you know what's going on with them. Speak with such clarity and speak with such power that everybody tonight hears exactly what they need to hear. It's time tonight for our focus. Everybody shout focus. Come on, even in your living room, everybody shout focus that our focus goes to a new altitude. And to do that, we can't allow anything to delude us. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody say amen. Before we get into this word, can I get you to just lift both of your hands, both of your hands if you can, and can you just open your mouth and begin to worship for 10 seconds. Bishop Foreman, what does it mean to worship? You, you give worth to something. Can you just tell God how amazing he is, how awesome he is? how strong he is, how powerful he is, how magnificent he is. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you're grateful that 2,000 years ago he died so you could have life and life more abundantly. Tell him that you're grateful, watch this, for some of you, that you beat the sickness. Tell him that you're grateful that you beat the bad relationship. Tell him that you're grateful that you beat, here it is, depression. Mm. Tell him that you're grateful that you beat anxiety. Tell him that you're grateful that you conquered every generational curse. I need you to just say, Lord, I'm grateful. Say, Lord, I'm thankful. Let's get into this Bible. So we're in this series at Harvest called A New Altitude. Looking at words ending in ood, U-D-E, as they affect our altitude. Because that suffix ood, it means to do what? Take action and change something. Say those two phrases with me. Say, take action and change something. Uh, why? Because there's changes in you that need to match what God is about to do. And I need you to hear me. This year and this decade, God intends to take you to a new altitude. Can I tell you how I know that? I know that even besides all of what's been prophesied, 
besides the biblical feast, uh, besides what we talked about with the plagues and how even though there was darkness in the land, God's people could see the light. Can I just give you one simple biblical illustration about how I know God's ready to take you to a new altitude? Because the Bible likens you unto an eagle. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says, watch me, uh, that the eagle, when the eagle uh, uh, is a unique animal, an eagle is a unique animal because it doesn't fly as most birds fly. See, most birds, they just take off. But an eagle, when an eagle is flying, an eagle has to, watch me, be at a high place and then, watch me, dive to a lower place. And that lower place becomes, watch me, it gives them the wind beneath the wings they need so that they can climb to a new altitude. And I need you to hear me. God, watch me, is using the good, the bad, and the ugly to take every area of your life to a new altitude. I need you to type it on the screen and release it out of your mouth. Say, I'm going to a new altitude. Yeah, whenever a year starts like this one, whenever a decade starts like this one, that's God's indication. Baby, I'm about to take you to a level that you've never seen before, you've never experienced before. What does the Bible say? I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart or the mind of man. Somebody hell, I'm going to another altitude. So check this out. Sunday, we learned that leading up to what would be known as the Feast of the Passover, that was one week ago. Uh, it was Passover. It was hell for the Hebrews. The Hebrews had been in 430 years of slavery, and God raises up a man named Moses, and this man named Moses was going to deliver them uh, from 430 years of slavery. God started preparing Moses before 430 years got there, which means God has been preparing your answer before the problem ever came. Mm. Which means God was getting your solution ready before you started suffering. For many of you, I need you to hear me. What you're facing, what you're dealing with, what's frustrating you, it is not, watch me, it is not bamboozling God. Heaven is not surprised. Heaven is not shocked. In fact, heaven knew what was going to happen. So it started getting some ready before you ever got into the mess that you were in. I need you to open your mouth and make this declaration and say, heaven has been ready. Come on. So Moses now, uh, he goes um, to Pharaoh. Pharaoh now has the Egyptians under 430 years of slavery. And when he goes to the uh, Pharaoh, he says, let the people go. Ten times Pharaoh says no. And the Bible says, because God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And we learned that this was interesting because these ten plagues were unnecessary, but they were useful. What did I say to you on Sunday? There's a lot of stuff you and I have done that's created issues, watch me, that were unnecessary, but our God is so amazing, he makes them useful. So never look back on anything in your life with regret. Can I get you to make this declaration, Bishop? You're having me talk a lot because watch me. To get to another altitude, you're going to have to speak it so you can see it. I need you to say this. Say, I have no regrets over my mistakes. Come on. Say, I have no regrets over my failures. Why? Because even though it was unnecessary for you to lose the house, God's going to make it useful. It was unnecessary for you to lose the business. God's going to make it useful. It was unnecessary for you to have to go through five relationships to finally figure out you attracted to stupid. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But it was useful. Watch this. So, so ten times God hardens Pharaoh's heart. And this is significant because these ten plagues are their process to get, what's that word we learned last Wednesday? Denued. Not in the nude, but they knew, which means to uncover or show themselves to themselves. Because sometimes God uses your enemy to show you your enemy. What really ticks you off about your enemy is your similarity to them. Mm. 
So what ends up happening is oftentimes what, what makes you mad about people is that when you can see you in them, but watch me, but, but it's rubbing you the wrong way. And so God uses Pharaoh's pride to be a mirror so Moses can see his pride. He used the Egyptians' arrogance so that the Hebrews could see y'all got some arrogance issues too. Can I get you to understand this? I need you to stop being mad all the time. Stop being bitter all the time. What does that mean? It means that you haven't yet learned the lesson of your enemies. And until you learn the lesson of your enemies, you repeat them. Instead of, watch me, instead of being bitter, I need you to go get a notebook and study. I need you to look at how they treated you, how they acted with you, what happened, because there's some lessons in the pain that you had to deal with. So they go through these 10 plagues. How many of them? It was their process to get denuded because God didn't just want them out of Egypt. He wanted Egypt out of them because he was ready to take them to a new altitude. Many times we want to go somewhere we're not ready for. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. Many times we want to go places we're not ready for. You ever had somebody unexpectedly show up at your house and knock on the door? And when they knock on the door, watch me, you weren't dressed for somebody to be at the door. So you spend, watch me, you, watch me, come on, come on, don't y'all even look at me like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. They knock on the door. You ain't expecting nobody, so the first thing you do is start turning stuff down. Come on! Turn that TV down, put that TV on mute, shh, y'all be quiet, don't do that, don't do that. You weren't expecting them to show up, right? You weren't expecting them to show up. I got a witness in the room. You weren't expecting them to show up. So now watch me, you begin to adjust things, but watch me, you weren't dressed, watch me, you weren't dressed to be able to uh, deal with somebody in person because you were not expecting them. Can I help you understand something? Oftentimes in life, watch me, you are not prepared for the door that's about to open. So sometimes what God has to do is God has to allow your pain and your process to get you prepared for the altitude and the place that he's taking you to. I need you to say this. I'm going to a new altitude. See, you can be out of Egypt, but Egypt being you. You can be out of hell, but hell being you. You can be out of mess, but mess being you. You can be out of drama, but drama being you. You can be out of debt, but debt being you. You can be out of your mama's house, but your mama's house is in you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You can be out of your father's house, but your father's house is in you. So what God had to do, watch me, is, uh, is he had to take them through this process of ten plagues. And what do we learn that the number ten means in the Bible? It means divine perfection. So God says, I'm going to use your pain in order to perfect you. Can I just get us, everybody that's had to deal with some pain in your life, can you just lift one of your hands and just say, thank you, Jesus. Watch me. It was unnecessary, but it was useful. It was unnecessary, but it was, y'all talk to me. It was unnecessary, but God made it. Not only did he allow them to get denuded, what did we learn on Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that he taught them fortitude. Mm, now that one was good to me. Because fortitude means, watch me, a firmness of mind. It means I will myself to do it right even if wrong is coming. See, fortitude isn't just doing it. Fortitude is doing it and doing it and doing it well. I need you to know that when you got fortitude, you will get the job done right even if wrong is happening. You will make sure that it gets done with excellence even if the people you were counting on don't do their part. So Jesus had what? Fortitude. Come on, y'all talk to me. Say fortitude. Now check this out. What's significant is it means the firmness of mind, which means I will myself to do it right, even if it's wrong, is coming, which enables you to encounter danger. Watch this with coolness 
and courage. Which means, watch me, it ain't just handling it, it's how I handle it. And I need you to lay your hand on yourself. Say, I'll handle it with coolness and with courage. Can I be honest with you? Some of you, you had courage, but you weren't cool, so you had to go through it again. Y'all ain't said nothing. Whatever you don't beat, you got to repeat. And today something was happening, and I found myself getting, getting frustrated and getting angry. And the Lord said, cool down so that you ain't got to go back around. Shut your doggone mouth. He said, I need you to cool down because you don't have time to go back around this mountain. I speak it over your life. Your cycles and your circles have come to their end. Somebody said, I'm going to beat it this time. With coolness and courage, it is not just having courage. It is doing it cool. What does that mean? I ain't worked up. You ain't stressing me out. You ain't finna have me hollering and screaming. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, come on here, what I said. And it is what it is. I rebuke you letting the enemy see you sweat. I rebuke you staying up all night worrying about something. Listen, I posted something today. Even Bugs Bunny know that thing has worked out. <laughs> Look at us just beat it. Somebody say it's already worked out. So check this out. Check this out. With coolness and courage. Here's the second definition of fortitude. To bear pain or adversity without these three things. And this is the, t this is, this is, let's just be real. This is tough. Without murmuring. <laughs> That's complaining. Look at me. Murmuring more specifically is the complaining that you only do in your hearing. It's not complaining to somebody else. It's the complaining you say to yourself about something else. God says fortitude means you don't say nothing negative. Ooh, it's quiet. Number two, depression. It me watch me. Depression is simply discouragement that was never stopped. Say it again. It's discouragement that was never stopped. That's what the Bible says when they spoke of stoning David, that David said to himself, watch me, he encouraged himself. Because watch me, if you got everybody around you stoning you and everything you own has now been taken, you're going to find yourself in a deep place if you don't learn how to encourage yourself. And right in the midst of quarantine... And social distancing, I came to speak it into somebody's life that you would do like David. Encourage yourself. Don't wait on nobody to encourage you. Learn how to look at your face in the mirror. Some of y'all, let me tell you why you're so discouraged. It's because you don't wake up until 11 and 12 o'clock in the middle of the day when you sit in your pajamas all day. Get up. Take a shower. Wash your face. Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Get dressed for where you're headed, not where you are. Y'all, some of y'all need to put on a suit and tie just to sit at the kitchen table to fill out applications. Why? Because I am getting dressed for where I'm headed, not where I'm at. <laughs> Let the Lord know that you're ready to go to a new altitude. And when he sees you dressed right, he's going to know that you're ready. Uh, he's ready. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Let's go. So watch, 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 watch. Murmuring. Depression. Here's this last one, or despondency. Despondency means, here, can I be honest? This one is the most subtle, because despondency means low spirits. You ever dealt with somebody that, because, spirit means mindset, that their mindset was so low that just dealing with them was a drain? They're like a black hole. You, you, just dealing with them is like, if this... Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. and you want to cuss come on let's be real you want to holler 
Listen, for my former thugs, you want to fight? Y'all ain't saying nothing? You literally just want to oops. Everybody won't be no oops upside their head. It's going to be like, on purpose, upside your head. On purpose, upside your head. Because this wasn't no oops. I saw your head, and I intentionally wanted to hit it. Can we be honest? Low-spirited people are like black holes. What does it black hole do? It drains all of the energy out of a room. And I need some of you to be careful. When you sense despondency, you need to disconnect. If you got somebody that even looking at their face makes your neck hurt. I, see, the Lord gave me a way to, to, trust, to track despondency because it makes my neck want to pop. And when my necks want to pop, I said, it's not my job to fix your low spirit. It's my job to make sure I ain't around your low spirit. Some of y'all need to let some folk know, a child, we just, you know, let's get on a FaceTime. Mm, I don't want to be on no FaceTime with your despondent tail. Don't nobody want to be sitting up talking to you and you all negative and, and ain't got nothing good to say. I don't want to be bothered. Some of y'all need to learn how to get bold and say, I don't want to be bothered with that. Put a smile on your face, then call me. <laughs> let's go. It took 10 plagues. What's the number 10 mean? Divine perfection to go from frustration to fortitude for the Hebrews. So God used the pain of process to perfect. And what did I do on Sunday? I showed you the parallels of the Hebrews exodus and Jesus process from Matthew chapter 26 and verse number two. Watch what it says. It's on the screen. You know that after two days, the what? Passover is coming. What was the day, the night that the Hebrews were set free from Egyptian slavery? The Passover. Somebody said the Passover. What was the Passover? The Passover is when they, the Lord says um, that the death angel was going to come forth and that the firstborn son and the firstborn of the cat or the livestock of the Egyptians died, except where he saw the blood. And wherever he saw the blood of a lamb over the house, the death angel would what? Pass over. And I need you to speak this over your life, especially right now, because some of y'all, you keep letting fear, anxiety, and panic rock you because you keep listening to experts that don't know nothing. <laughs> y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Uh, listen, you can't be an expert on something that's new. All right? I need you to, I need you to speak this. Say, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Say, God heals me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. See, because some of y'all wonder, but Bishop, but I did have to go through it. What you don't understand is God was just making sure you were ready so you wouldn't have fear about it in your future. Can I be honest? I know of harvesters that have had to, watch me, that have conquered the coronavirus. And I need y'all to hear me. Let me speak life into you. You got it on the front end so that you wouldn't be worried about it on the back end so you could be on the front line of helping other people recover. Because you can't be walking around scared with fear, anxiety, and panic. It wasn't punishment. Watch me. It was preparation. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. It wasn't punishment. It was preparation. God needed you ready so that you can help some other folk recover and not be walking in fear, anxiety, or panic. Everybody connected to this house has recovered and recovered well. I need you to just open your mouth and say, say, he made it pass over me. And I pray protection. Let's go here for a moment. I pray protection for your house. 
I pray protection for your health. I pray protection for your body. I speak life into your respiratory system. I speak life into your immune system. And even if somebody is dealing with the virus right now, I declare, watch me, you're not fighting it, you're conquering it. This ain't a fight because God is with you. And if God be for you, what virus would there be against you? I speak it right now in Jesus' name. Guys, can y'all go crazy for three seconds giving God glory? Go, three. Come on, do it in Atlanta, too. Do it in Virginia. Do it in Houston. Do it in Miami. Somebody holler, I'm covered. Say it again, I'm covered. So watch, so watch, so watch, so watch. So wherever the blood of the lamb was, the death angel had to pass over. What does that have to do with Jesus? Well, Jesus is our Passover lamb. See, the reason we don't sacrifice animals today it's because the final perfect sacrifice was given. God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body died the death you and I should die. He literally became an enemy to himself, which means he became an Egyptian. <laughs> so watch me. So that it wouldn't pass over him. So that it would pass over us. You miss me. Death didn't pass over him because blood, watch me, wasn't applied on him. His blood was being applied. Did you catch that? See, I just need you to understand what your God actually did for you. Because some people say, I don't understand God. I don't understand you. No, what you don't understand is, watch me. He died the death you should have had. He went through the hell you should have went through so that you ain't got to go through it. And I don't know about you, but that makes me grateful. That makes me thankful. Uh, look at verse 2. You know after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Son of Man means God born of a woman. He, he says, I will be crucified during this time. In other words, he says, I'm going to pay the price once for all. Say that phrase with me. Say once for all. Say it with me like that. Say once for all. Which means every sin that was committed, I got it. Every sin that's currently being committed, I got it. Whatever they come up with to do in the future, I got it. Because one time for everybody, for all time, I am paying the price. Now, that doesn't mean that what you set in the motion, you don't have to deal with. Because sometimes people say, well, I'm, Jesus paid it all. Mm -hmm. But you got to pay that bill. When we set things in motion, there, watch me, for every action, there is an equal reaction. You got it? Which means, watch me, him paying the price for sin is a spiritual thing. You got to be careful that you don't get caught up in mess because then you create some natural things. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Look. He became everything wrong in us so that we could become all of the good that's in him. And what's amazing is when they took him to the cross. This is where we were Sunday. I'm moving forward. When they took him to the cross, they nailed him with the crown of thorns on, ripped out his beard, flogged him, beat him till he was unrecognizable as a man. And he shed his blood in seven distinct places. And every place he shed his blood... He was buying something for us because blood is an instrument of redemption. Why is it in, what does redemption mean? It pays for something. Because blood is the highest price a living being can pay. Because it means there had to be, watch me, there had to be pain. You missed that. So check this out. Say with me. What's significant is that when they do that to him, they think that because he's just a man, that's his end. What they don't understand is he's not just a man. It's a term you've heard me use often. He is the, the anthropos. 100% God, 100% man. 
So much man, you can't believe he's God. So much God, you can't believe he's man. Which means he's 100% man. At the same time, he is all God. Why is that significant to understand? Because what they thought was going to take him down is really what lifted him up. Because what did we learn on Sunday? Affliction increases our altitude. Well, the Bible says you and I are in his image and his likeness, which means I'm 100% from here, and I'm 100% not from here. Say it another way. I'm 100% man, and 100% God lives in me. Y'all are missing him. So the same way that what they thought was going to take Jesus down is what actually lifted him up. Look at me. Everything that you thought was going to take you down is going to be exactly what lifts you up. I need you to say this. Say my affliction increases my altitude. That's why John chapter 12 verse 32 says this. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people unto myself. So when they lifted him up from the cross and on the cross, they lifted him up, and I taught you on Sunday that not only did they lift the cross up, see, everything else they did was down here, but it was too low. Nobody would have seen it. So they erected the cross, and when they erected the cross, the place they were out, Calvary, which is also known as Golgotha, that's the place of Adam's skull, that, watch me, it was a hill so everybody in the city could see him. Check this out. Some of you keep getting embarrassed that people can see your process. I need you to hear me, and I need you to not be embarrassed of your process because they got their own process. Y'all ain't going to say that to me, huh? See, watch me. What the enemy would love to do is do you like he did Adam. He'd like you to be in so much shame, condemnation, and guilt that you had to downsize. Let's talk. He'd like you to be in so much shame, condemnation, and guilt that you told everybody this was God uh, and the relationship was God, and that thing lasted four days. Y'all ain't going to say that. You told everybody you prayed about it, and the truth is you know you didn't pray about it. You just kind of just. I need you not to be ashamed of your process. Can I get you to speak this? Say, I will not live in shame because of my process. They lift him up to try to embarrass him. See, there are certain people who think that by, watch me, that by revealing your flaws, they're embarrassing you. There are certain people that think by revealing your struggles, they're embarrassing you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me, but let me tell you what I know. What you don't understand is you're not hurting anybody. All you're doing is lifting them up because you're increasing their altitude. I need y'all to watch me. When you hear somebody talking about you, say, for real, what they say? Stop getting all mad and angry. Instead, I need you to realize God's using it to increase your altitude. What is he doing? He said, I'll make your name great. Well, to make it great, people got to say it. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I need you to get excited when people are talking about you. Get excited when people are lying on you. Get excited. If they did it to Jesus, baby, they're going to do it to you. Verse 33 says this. And this he said to show by what manner of death he was going to die. Now, at Harvest, say with me, we don't celebrate things like Lent nor Ash Wednesday because they're not in the Bible. It's not against those that do. It's just not in the Bible. What is biblical are the Hebrew feasts. Stay with me. There are four spring Hebrew feasts. The first is Passover. That's the crucifixion of Jesus. That was last Wednesday. Got it? Everybody say, death has passed over me. Literally, from, from, a, from a broader standpoint, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So literally, Jesus dying for you means death doesn't just pass over you in life. Death passes over you after life. 
You miss me. Death doesn't just pass over you in life. Death passes over you in afterlife. Because if the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, that means after I live, I live again. Ah! I need you to realize, watch me, that there is more to life than the life you see. You got me? So watch me. Passover starts something that's called, I'm talking so for my note takers, we'll go into third gear in a minute, called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. Why is it called the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Because we learned a couple of weeks ago, or last week, when the Hebrews were coming out of Egyptian slavery, Pharaoh told them, remember, a no was turned into a go, and it happened so quickly, they had to grab the bread, and the bread didn't have time to proof. They didn't have time for the bread to do what they needed to do, so the bread was unleavened. Now, leaven, watch me, back then was just about bread. Leaven today means something different. Say, what does it mean, Bishop? Today, leaven means error or evil. Ooh, wait a minute. The Feast of Unleavened Bread says this. After the Passover, you have seven days to remove all of the error or the evil that's in your house. Got it? Literally for them, they would go through their homes, and anything that was a leavening agent, they had to remove it. The Bible teaches us this, that leaven is greater than just an instrumentation uh, in cooking. That leaven means error, say error, and evil, say evil. Now, I need you all to get this because this is really important. You had to remove it from your home so that you could check yourself before you wrecked yourself. And, and watch me. And that's what we're going to focus in on in this message. Because like the Hebrews, that week of the password, Passover and afterwards was hell for Jesus. Now, say with me. Somebody say, why? Why would it be hell for Jesus? Jesus has lived a perfect life. Got me? Look at me. There's no leaven in him. Because there's no leaven in him. Watch me. That's why his body didn't decay. That's why he was able to be resurrected. Because there was no error in him. So at the point where he should have been stinking, he was rising. Y'all better catch this. So for your altitude to increase... You got to check what's going on in your house that's creating decrease. Y'all flow with me, flow with me. You're going to get it in a minute. Stay with me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. So why in the world would the week leading up to Passover and the week after and the time after Passover, why would that be hell for Jesus to do one thing, to delude him? Remember, we're looking at words that in in. Ood, which means change something or take action. So today, lewd, here's, let me give you the definitions. That's the title of today's message. To, uh, uh, watch me. Don't let them, uh, don't allow them today, lewd. Everybody open your mouth and say that with me. Say, don't allow them today, lewd. Because everybody has a them that's trying to delude you. Okay, can I walk you through this thing? Here's what that means. Number one, I'm going to talk this part out, and then I'm going to preach the rest, okay? All right? To lead from truth into error. Unleavened bread says, get the error out of your house. Your house doesn't just mean, because some of you are like, you know what, that's right. I'm going to get rid of them movies. No, okay, listen. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I, I, I just heard it. I heard it. Okay, Th that's good. But the house that we're really referring to is you. Get the error out of you. 
Because it explains why your plane ain't taking off. Whenever a plane is too heavy, when the pilots are trying to take off, it will experience drag and the wings can't get lift. What does that mean? Is that it stays too low for too long and then it eventually crashes because there's too much error. Come on, y'all. Let's go. I need you to say this. Say, I won't be deluded. Come on. Let's flow. Here it is. To lead from truth into error. Look at me. To mislead the mind or the judgment of the mind. I'm going to say it again. To lead from truth into what? Error. It means, watch me, to mislead the mind or the judgment of the mind. So let me show you, watch me, uh, that, that this is important. Because um, the hell that happened to Jesus, somebody say it had to happen. Matthew 26, 56. Watch what he says. Flow with me. Y'all still here? But all this, all of what? All is hell. What's the hell that happened? He's betrayed. What's the hell that happened? He prophesies Peter's betrayal. And Peter gets up from the table and then walks out. And I, I talked to you this on Sunday. Be, be aware of who's not present when you pour. Because whenever people walk out when you're getting ready to pour out, those people are on their way out. You miss me. You can always sense, watch me, who ain't with you no more. <laughs> Some of y'all be getting shocked and surprised. It's because you didn't pay attention to the details of how they act. Okay, let's move. Uh, he prophesies all of these things. But somebody said it had to take place. The Bible says, so that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then look at this last one. Then all the disciples fled and left him. So check this out. This had to happen so that what was prophesied could be what? Fulfilled. I need you to say this about your life. Say, what's happened in my life had to happen, even if it was unnecessary, because God made it useful to fulfill what he spoke about me. See, I need you to know you ain't some regular somebody. I need you to know that there's a word that's hovering over your life, which is why for many of you, it seems like since you got here, life has been hell. You were a little kid dealing with hell. You were a little girl dealing with stuff you shouldn't have to deal with. You were a little boy dealing with stuff you didn't have to deal with. Can I tell you why? It's because there's something over your life that's been spoken. Watch me. That the hell you had to go through. Somebody holler. It was necessary after all. Because there's two sides of it. You got the stuff that we do that's unnecessary, but God makes it useful. Then you got the stuff, watch me, that we didn't have anything to do with. See, watch me. When they hated Jesus because he flipped over the tables, he did that. But he didn't make Judas betray him. See, there are certain things that we do that create issues. The mistakes. We screw up. We do stuff. It's unnecessary. God makes it what? Useful. Then there's stuff that's necessary that we had nothing to do with. You got both of those sides? But I need to say, say, all of it had to happen. You lost me. You, you, you ought to be glad you made that bad relationship in your 20s. You ought to be glad you lost that house in your 30s because, baby, you about to bounce back in your 40s. Y'all listen to me. And for some of you who had a rough 40s, you better get excited about your 50s. If you had a rough 50s, get excited about your 60s. If you had a rough 60s, get excited about your 70s. And don't let nobody tell me, well, baby, you at the end. Mm -mm, no, baby, I'm just beginning. They tried to tell Caleb when he was a little elderly, when he was a little up in years, they tried to tell Caleb, Caleb, just cool out. Caleb said, listen, I'm just as strong today 
as I was back then. And you know what he said? I'm still owed some victory. He says, so give me my mountain. And I need some of y'all to feel like all your good days are behind you. I need you to rebuke that and say, no, say they're right here, right now. This is still going to be the best year of your life. This is still going to be the best decade of your life. So let's look at this thing. Look, 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 look. Um, they tried to delude Jesus. What do you mean? They tried to lead him from truth into error. They tried to put some leaven in him. Catch it. And if he allows the leaven, when he hangs on the cross, it's just another man dying. I need you to catch it. See, many times we underestimate the value of the decisions we make because we don't know what was planned. You miss it. See, you got to be careful when you get emotional and start making bad decisions because what will happen is you didn't know what was planned, but it had to be given to somebody that didn't get that emotional. Come on, y'all. So look, so look, so look. The delusion attempts start before Passover. They start before unleavened bread. They go, Matthew 16, 21. I want you to see one of the first delusion attempts, and then we're going to walk this thing out. You ready? From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he, that, he, that he what? Must. Everybody just shout that loud. Say, must. What does that mean? It's non-negotiable. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and do what? Suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Watch verse 22. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter, you're a follower. You don't rebuke a leader. Y'all watch me? Look at this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall what? Never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. You are a delusion to me. For you are setting your mind not on the things of God, but on the things of man. There are some people who, in trying to help you, they hurt you. And the reason they hurt you is because they are helping you escape your process. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Sometimes, watch me, you can't be rescued because you need the strength you're going to develop in your struggle. So here's delusion number one. Y'all ready? Here it is. Is when friends and followers start filling your head. They will fill your head to make you think you don't have to do what you must do. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. They will start feeling, I don't know, child, you ain't got to do all that. Yeah, it don't take all of that. God know your heart. Y'all ain't going to say that. God know your heart. It don't take all that. You ain't got to do all of that. I wouldn't let nobody treat me like that. I wouldn't let nobody talk to me like that. I wouldn't let you. You know what? You ain't got nothing. That's why you wouldn't let nobody do nothing. Some of you have literally made life-altering decisions because you let somebody in your house that you've been around now more than you're normally around, you've let them delude you. And now, watch me, you went from being unleavened to full of leaven because you got error in how you see something. They filled your head with mess. They filled your head with negative stuff. They Watch me, they filled your head with crazy stuff. It only took a few conversations with Judas and the Pharisees for Judas to turn on Jesus. They filled his head. Peter was trying to fill Jesus' head. You ain't got to go through this. You're God. You don't have to do this. And imagine if Jesus is like, you know what, Pete? You're right. What's in him now? Error. What's wrong? His judgment is clouded. Can we be honest? 
How many of us can be honest? And y'all just online, I just want y'all to wave at me. Do the hand wave emoji. How many of us can be honest that you were doing right and then you started talking to somebody? And you can look back and they pulled you all the way to the left. Come on, let's be honest. Come on, let's be honest. And in the moment, it felt good. And the moment you're like, you know what, you're right. But, but watch me, but watch me. But what they were saying was wrong because it was against what you must do. Remember the verse said, Jesus said, I must suffer these things. You got it? It's the previous verse. I must suffer these things. Somebody say, I must do it. Don't let somebody fill your head and make you think that a must is a maybe. That's delusion. Okay, can we move on to the next one? All right, watch me, watch me. Matthew 26 and 25. This is where we were on Sunday, and we're going to look at several delusions. Jesus is on his way to the cross, but things are trying to stop him from getting there. Because after the Passover, it's unleavened bread. They're, they needed to try to trip Jesus up so that when he died, it'd just be a regular death. That it wouldn't have the power to change us because he would be found in disobedience. Did you catch that? Y'all getting that? Okay, so check this out. See, what they were really trying to do, everybody look at me. What they were really trying to do was to get Jesus to drop his divinity and operate in his humanity. So that if he dies, all he's doing is dying the death of another man. See, what makes Christianity different is that he never went into error. You caught me? Every other man is flawed, and we've had leaven, and we've had issues, but Jesus did not. Matthew 26 and 25. Watch me. Judas, who would betray him, answered him, it is I, Rabbi, he said to him. He said, you have said so. So what's just happened? Judas asked Jesus, am I going to be the one to betray you? Jesus says, yep. Look at me. Here's delusion number two. Flagrant betrayal. It is when people around you, watch me, they flagrantly do wrong to you. They know what they're doing is going to hurt you. They have a term for it. Push your buttons. Why are you pushing my buttons if you know that button it might get you beat down? I'm just saying. Listen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Check this out. Check this out. It's flagrant betrayal. Flagrant means obvious, conspicuous. So check this out. The second type of delusion that Jesus dealt with is how this man going to sit at my table for three and a half years. He's stealing from me. I know he's stealing from me, but I still treat him like the rest. Let's talk. There are certain people in your life that what really ticks you off about them is you treated them better than they should have been treated. Come on, y'all, let's talk. What really gets you about certain people is that you, watch me, is that you did them better than they should have been done, and they still didn't know how to appreciate it. So Judas now, he said, Jesus says, oh, yes, yes, it's you. You just said it. It's flagrant betrayal. Because what is this designed to do? To get Jesus to start getting emotional. So now Jesus is like, you know what? I can't even believe this. Watch me. Why would I die for people like this? Why would I give my life for people like this? Why would I sacrifice myself for people like this? Have you ever been on your way to do something and then something happened to you that's a flagrant betrayal that makes you say, you know what? I ain't going to do this. You got it? Say delusion. Come on, y'all talk to me. Say delusion. <laughs> Let's go. Verse 36. 
Let's go to Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus went with him to a place called Gethsemane. Here's delusion number three. The only way to blessing is through pressing. What's delusional? What, what creates delusion about that? What deludes about that? Remember what it means. It means this, to lead from truth into error, to mislead the mind or the judgment. You would think that a place of blessing would be a peaceful place. Some of you don't even understand that your stress is your setup. You don't even understand that, watch me, your pain is literally, is literally your purpose. <laughs> Check it out. You don't even understand that your pressing is the place of your blessing. So what happens is when you begin to experience things that don't match what you expected, you can delude. You can begin to say, this doesn't make sense. I thought this was supposed to be the greatest year of my life, and it's just started crazy. Hobie gone, coronavirus, is too much. Come on, let's talk. Let's talk. I, I, watch, 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 watch. But I need you to realize is that just because the circumstances don't match your confession doesn't mean your confession's not working. Because deliverance always begins with dilemmas. Y'all still here? All right, let's move. Let's go. Now, watch me. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Verse 37. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, they were called the sons of thunder, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Here's delusion number three, your fickle emotions. What do you mean fickle? It means they change at the drop of a dime. This is why you have to be careful because from one moment you can go from rage and the next moment smiling. You have to be careful because you're fickle. Somebody say they're fickle. Come on, say it with me. Say they're fickle. Your emotions can be fickle, which means they will change predicated upon any external factor, which means, watch me, you don't have fortitude, you operate in fickle emotions. So today I feel like it. Mm, today I don't. I'll make up for it tomorrow, I'll do double. You know you lying. Y'all ready? So what happens? His emotions tell him, watch me, sorrow and trouble, sorrow and trouble. What is this designed to do? To cloud his judgment. Because here's what he, well, let me tell you what he's going to do. Let me, let me tell you what he would have did if he stayed in his humanity. I just need a few days. Look at me. I just need a few days. I'm dealing with a lot right now. I ain't going to be at church for a while. I'm dealing with a lot right now. I ain't going to be serving for a while. I'm dealing with a lot right now. I ain't going to be giving for a while. I'm dealing with a lot right now. I ain't going to be praying for a while. I'm dealing with a lot right now. So is everybody else on the planet. And to be honest, the fact that you can talk about it means what you're dealing with ain't that bad. Because there's some people got a tube in their mouth, can't say nothing. Y'all not say, I need you to get, let God know that you're not ungrateful. Open up your mouth and say, Lord, I'm grateful. So check this out. Your emotions, they will delude you and get you off of the path that you're supposed to be on. Because they're fickle. They change. Jesus' emotions tried to get him off. So that he would say, guys, just give me a few days right now. I got a lot going on. What will he miss if he doesn't do it now? The Passover. The feast. What does that mean has to happen? He has to wait a whole nother year for the feast to come around so he can be sacrificed at the right time. Which means what does he do? He wastes time, which also means what? He breaks what was prophesied, which means now he's out of season. Let's talk. Because watch me, opportunities of a lifetime have to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunities. And some of you, you said yes too late. 
So now God's got to create a miracle because you didn't want to go through the pressing to get to the place of your blessing. But I speak it into your life. You ain't going to waste no time this year. Come on, somebody say, I'm not wasting one moment this year. Okay, y'all, let's keep walking. Let's keep walking. Verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is extremely sorrowful even unto death. Remain here and watch with me. Here's delusion number four, feeling trapped. Why does he feel like he wants to die? He feels like he wants to die because he feels trapped. Um, here's the thing. Whenever you feel like there's no way out, you feel like the only way out is to go out. Right? Why does he feel that way? He feels trapped. What's on one side? He misses the whole reason he's sent. What's on the other side? Three days of pure de hell. Now, really, I guess I shouldn't say three days because once his body died, he goes to hell. You miss me. And when he goes to hell, the Bible teaches us he disarms the enemy. So really, it only looked dark on the surface. Because up under the ground, y'all ain't saying that. Up uh, in the underground, there was a fight going on and he was winning. Y'all ain't saying that. He walks up on the enemy and says, hey, partner, I'm going to need to get them keys up off of you. What keys? The keys of authority Adam gave you in the garden. I need to get that from you. So what ends up happening, y'all? What ends up happening, listen, is that he feels trapped. Anybody ever felt trapped? Like, watch me. Let's be real practical about it. Like, you know, you, okay. No, I, I can't be that. I can't be that real. Okay. Um, I can be that real? All right. Y y listen, you know the relationship ain't going nowhere, but they a nice person. So you feel trapped because you don't want to tell them, hey, you are better fit over here in friend, but they just so nice. Nice don't mean a fit. Okay, y'all, that was too real for y'all. That was too real. Come on, Facebook, where your comments go? Y'all just dropped out on me. What? What's me? Sometimes you can feel trapped, and it only exists in your mind. I need you to say this. I am not trapped. Because if you feel trapped, you'll think the only way out is to go out. You'll think the only way I can deal with this is, watch me, I just need to give up. I just need to commit suicide. I just need to, I just need to go away. I'm just, I, as soon corona over, I'm just going to an island, ain't going to do nothing. Hush! Okay, watch me. You ready? Can we keep going? Right, it's about to get real good. All right, 39. <clears throat> and going a little farther, he fell. And I taught you on Sunday that word fail means that he felt beat down. Here's delusion number five, feeling beat down. Why is that a delusion? He's king. How does a king feel beat down? Because whenever we feel beat down, y'all, we operate from weakness instead of strength. Whenever we feel beat down, we operate from weakness instead of strength. So you will miss the arsenal you have because you're, watch me, you feeling beat down will cause you not to pay attention to it. So you walking around talking about, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Listen. Come here, David. You beat the lion. You beat the bear. Who is the? Can I tell you the only people that are really, really fearful right now are the people where you ain't had to beat nothing yet. And for you, this is what you got to beat. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but for some of you, the origin of your fear is because you've never really had any challenges. You've never really had anything you've had to overcome or deal with. The most you dealt with is your daddy raised his voice to you. Y'all ain't talking to me. And for many of you, what you got to beat, you're in right now. And when I prophesy up to you, you will be victorious. When we fight, somebody holler, I win. Check this out. Let's go. 
um, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Here's that word. Everybody said with me. Say, nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. All right. You ready? Here's delusion six. His want clashed with God's will. His want clashed with God's will. See, he already knew he had to do it. But in that moment, his humanity was like, mm. so what was, it, what was it making him think? There might be a way out. Go ask. You already know there's no way out. You already know that you must. Somebody say, I must. So why ask? Because delusion will have you asking questions that you already know there's no way out. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Some of y'all keep saying, Lord, can't you just get this to somebody else? No, no, no. You're not picked on. You're picked up. Come on here. I need y'all to hear me. I need you to throw one of your hands in the air and say, I'm not picked on. Say, he picked me up. Come on, let's go. Look, look. Verse 40. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so, so could you not watch with me for one hour? Again, I said this, I think, at the 1115 on Sunday. Here's why I love Jesus, because Jesus is petty. Look at the first word Jesus says. So, that's a petty move right there. That's a petty move. So, could you not watch with me for one hour? Y'all here? Here's delusion seven, no support. When you don't feel like you have support, it can begin to impact your decision-making and your judgment. Because you'll start saying, how much can one man take? How much can one woman take? How much can you do? Any of us ever been there? You feel like, it's just me. Me against the world. <laughs> Check this out. Jesus felt like he had no support in that moment. How do you know? Because he's, look at him. He says, so could you not watch for me for an hour, dude? Like, I've given you three and a half years of my life. I asked you for an hour. You know what I really, um, I almost said that other one. You know what make tick you off about people? Well, to tick you off about people is when you really see just how ungrateful they can be. I gave you three and a half years. You could have set an alarm clock to make sure you did what I asked you to do. Y'all ain't going to talk to me, all right? Let's move. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I need you to notice. Watch me. He needed men to fail him so that he didn't put his trust in men. So that he only put his trust, watch me, he is God, so in himself, but literally in God. Look at me, everybody. You needed people to fail you. Because you would have thought that they were, watch me, that they were necessary. Y'all didn't say nothing to me right there. See, some of you, watch me, you needed people to fail you so God could show you you're going to get it done with or without. Now, I'd like for you to be with me, but if you ain't with me, watch me do it. I need everybody in here to say, I'm getting it done anyhow. If you're with me, great. If you're not, bye. And can you hurry up and let me know where you stand? I didn't even know if I need to put somebody else there. Look, verse 47. While he was still speaking, Judas, we skipped a few verses just to get it for a second time. While he's still speaking, Judas came, one of the 12, and he had a great crowd with what? Swords, clubs, from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Look, they rolling up on Jesus with weapons. Now listen, ain't none of Jesus' guys armed. Judas knows that because he, he has the money. So watch me. Judas knows they didn't go buy no swords and stuff. 
That's why Peter had to use somebody else's. Judas knows this. So why are you coming at Jesus with all of this? It was, watch me, it revealed just how fearful they were. When you see all of what comes against you, watch me, who's scared? I need some of y'all to realize, open your mouth and say this. Say, I'm a threat to the enemy. All of that? Look, here's, here's, here's del delusion number eight. Intimidation from the size of the dilemma. If the problem's real big, it can mess with your thought process. If the problem's real big, it can mess with how you feel, with how you flow, with how you act, with how you go. If the problem's real big, it can make you rethink going through it. Watch me. Ooh, ooh, I don't know who this is for. I'm awake. You miss me. Some of you, the size of your dilemma has put you, watch me, has put you in a place to now where you're just circling. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. Look at me. I need you to hear me. Don't let the size of your dilemma create another delay. They coming at him with crowds, swords, and clubs. Which means they're ready to fight. Now look, I know Jesus rebuked Peter. But let me tell you something. Everybody need a Peter around them. Because look, all them other dudes just sitting there just watching. Peter said, hold up. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's going to be some tr trouble. I will beat your head to the white meat. Wait a minute. Excuse me. I, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Every now and then, you know, excuse me. Okay, watch. Watch, watch, verse 49. And Jesus came up at once and said, watch, or Judas came up at once and said, greetings. Or he came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And on Monday night prayer, I told you, here's something significant. Because Hebrews don't greet each other that way. They say shalom, which means the way it would have translated in English here would have been peace unto you, Rabbi. He says, greetings, Rabbi, to indicate I don't come in peace. There's some, watch me, there's sometimes in life where you need to watch how they came. Because that's going to explain how they go. You got it? And he came up to Jesus and once and said, greetings, rabbi. And he kissed him. Y'all ready? Here's delusion number nine. These last two are going to make you shout. You ready? All right, we were, we were kind of walking through it, but here's, a, here's delusion number nine. Attachment to your accusers and abusers. Can I be honest with you? Many Christians, and if you're not, in a moment, I'm going to give you an invitation to become one. Many Christians, you are literally attached to your accusers and abusers. You literally make excuses for why people do wrong and justify it. In psychology, it has a name. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. It is where you begin to empathize, understand, and justify the behaviors and actions of individuals that are narcissistic, sociopathic, and beyond. What are you saying, Mr. Why did he kiss him? To get him emotional. Because after three and a half years of walking together, you can't tell me that if somebody roll up on you, who you've been with for three years, you let this man carry your money box. He's your CFO. He's been all up in the house. He's been all around you. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that when he kissed him, for a moment, it didn't make Jesus say. Can I be honest? How many times, look at me, how many times were you ready to make major change that you knew needed to happen? Watch me. 
but then the emotional attachment that you have. You knew that your brother is negative. You knew your sister was negative. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You knew that your cousin ain't about nothing. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You're praying for him, but you know that that's what they're choosing right now. Got it? And then right when you were like, you know what? Mm -mm, I'm done with this negativity. Look, cuz. <laughs> it's quiet here. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's quiet online, but it's quiet, it's quiet around it here. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Here's what's amazing, y'all. Here's what's amazing. Is that his attachment was Judas tried to invoke it by kissing him. Because emotions will always make you second guess right. Watch what Jesus could have done. You ready? Can, can, I just, can I just take an extra two minutes right here? What could Jesus have done right there? Judas, let's talk. Why you, why you lie on me? Y'all going to be that quiet? Judas, let's talk. Why are you betraying me? Judas, let's talk. 30 pieces of silver is all you thought I was worth? That ain't even the full price of a slave. After all I poured into you, you think that's all I'm worth? At least get more than that. Get some gold. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Think it could have invoked his emotions so it would have clouded his judgment. If he delays, watch me, if he delays his actions, what happens? He misses the moment. Because it's his time and it's his turn, but it begins with a dilemma. And if he stops to have a conversation with Judas, he won't be in place on time. Many of you keep going around circles with the same people about stuff they're not going to change. And what you got to do is settle it in yourself that that's what you're going to do. And I know that's what you're going to do. And I can still love you. But sometimes, watch me, that just means you're no longer part of my journey. Ooh, y'all ain't going to say that to me right now. Judas was trying to get Jesus emotional. Emotional so that he didn't do the right thing. Emotional so that Jesus begins to. See, when you get emotional, let's be honest. When you get emotional, let me tell you what's been happening to you during this quarantine and social distancing. You've started hearing from people you ain't heard from in years. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what's been happening in social distancing. People looking you up and finding you. Let me tell you what's been happening in this social doing. What you doing, big head? Y'all ain't saying to me. What, 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 you, what you doing? How you feel? Y'all ain't going to say to me. People have been finding you. People have been, because now people started thinking back to stuff. Hey, why you treat me like that at the prom of 89? Why you do me like that? Y'all ain't going to say nothing. All of a sudden, watch me. All of these things that evoke emotion are coming up. And I'm not saying, watch me, emotions are bad as long as you don't let them get you off track. I need you to speak this over your life. And we're getting ready to go somewhere right through here. I need you to speak it over your life. Say, I will not let my emotions mess my altitude up. Say, I'll be focused on doing God's word. Say it with me. Say, all day. Every day. So watch. Look, 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 look. That emotional attachment is something because it'll have you trying stuff that you already know ain't going to work. I wonder how many of y'all right now, to my single people, how many of my single people right now, watch me, old flames popped up. You better hear me. There's a reason it's an old flame. That means it's out. So you don't even call it an old flame. Just say that don't light no more. Y'all ain't saying that. 
<laughs> you don't like the fire no more. The fire is out. <laughs> you got it? Here's the deal. Here's the, and, I'm not, and listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do anything other than get us to see that Judas wanted to get Jesus emotional because a kiss invokes emotion. That was a natural way for Hebrew men to greet one another. That was a natural thing. Let's look at verse 51. And behold, we're almost done. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand. John is cool because John covers. The only one he didn't really like was Judas. If you read the book, if you read the book of John and, and even the others, they, they didn't like him. Now, this is Matthew speaking right here because we're Matthew 26. And he covers too. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand. Somebody say, Peter. Peter. One of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. See, the his is there repeatedly, right? He grabs the sword, chops the man's ear off. You got it? Now, here's my thing. How do you, you, you don't aim for an ear. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's not a lot of space back there to, to aim for. So what does that mean? What was he trying to do? He was trying to kill the man. If he kills the man, what can they get Jesus for? Now they got real charges that can stick. You miss me. So now when they want to crucify him, it won't be that they're lying on him. They'll have real charges because he's an accessory to murder. Come on, can we just talk this story out? See, some of y'all need to be glad of some of the relationships that were cut because the enemy wanted you to be an accessory to some stuff. And I need you to be grateful that some stuff ended because God was protecting you, not punishing you. Can I get you to open your mouth and say, he was protecting me, not punishing me. All right, now watch, 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 watch. Verse 52. Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish. What? By the sword. Verse 53. Watch me. Do you not think that I can appeal to the Father and he'll send me 12 legions of angels? Verse 54. But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? You ready for this one? Here's delusion number 10. He had a way out of God's will. But he didn't take it. Let me tell you what God will often do. He will present you with a choice. That's not what he said to see if you'll take it. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. He will present you with an option to see where your loyalties lay. Y'all ain't going to talk. He will put something in front of you and say, you can pick that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can pick whichever. You can have whatever you like. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you want to do. Y'all ain't talking to me. You can have whatever you want. But I told you what to do. I was clear on where you're supposed to do, who you're supposed to serve, where you're supposed to be, how it's supposed to go. I was clear. I was very clear. You must suffer these things. But you have a way out. What are the ways out? One, he could have let Peter kill the guy. They can be on the run. Now Jesus would have been riding dirty. <laughs> he trying to escape. He got the guys with him. <laughs> you know, hiding in the caves like Bin Laden. Y'all is in a... <laughs> he he, he, he could have he, he let Peter kill the guy. 
right? That's one option. Then he could have escaped. He could have said, you know what? Thank you, Petey. I appreciate you, man. It, man, it looked like we weren't even going to make it. He could have done that. And can we be honest? Look at me. Everybody look at me. There are times in your life where you let, watch me, where you let a change make you change. Here's the second way out. He told you. He says, do you not know I can call angels to get me out of this? Here's the second way out. I can just decide to abort the mission because I don't want to do it. Look at me. For those of you who think that God will negotiate with you, can I share something with you? If he doesn't have a full yes, you will stay in the press. I'm going to back that thing up. It's quiet in here. Play something real soft to clean this up. Not that it's dirty. Just soothe it over for me. Like how Jimmy Fallon be having people play stuff behind. Jimmy Fallon me right now. Right? Watch me. Look at me, everybody. Watch me. Look, 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 look. If God doesn't have a full yes, how does he know that he has a full yes? What does that even mean, Bishop? That you are fully submitted to what he wills, not what you will. If, how does he test that? He gives you an option, a couple of them, to see what you do with them. Ready? And if that's the wrong choice, he says, let's come back over here to this present. Because I can't, watch me, I'm not going to make you do it. I need you to want what I want for you. Can I get everybody across America, around the world, can I get you to just lift one of your hands, make this declaration, say, Lord, I want what you want for me. I will not be deluded. I will not take the easy way out. I choose your will. I choose your way for every area of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. Let's give God some praise all tonight. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, open up your mouth and give him glory wherever you are at. Come on. So listen. So listen. There's a lot of meat tonight, right? A lot of meat. Some of y'all still chewing. Some of y'all are still on delusion number two. I gave you ten of them. <gasps> ten of them. So wait a minute. Here it is. Here's the shout. We're going to shout right here. Here's the shout. You ready? Ten plagues to get the Hebrews out of slavery. Ten delusions to try to stop Jesus from getting to the cross. Come on. Y'all missed him. God is so amazing that the same thing the Hebrews went through is the same thing he went through. Ten times to try to stop them. Come on here. Ten times to try to stop him. But I'm so glad that he did not let it work. And I speak it into your life. I prophesy it into your life that you will not walk in delusion. That the plagues won't block you. The plagues won't stop you. I need you to open your mouth and say, when I fight, say, I win. Say, all things work together for my good. Say, I will not be deluded. I will not be deluded. Say, I've got fortitude. Say, I've got the firmness of mind. <laughs> say, I will myself to do right, even if wrong is present. 
Say, I've got fortitude that won't let me delude. Say, I am victorious. Say, I am winning. Release a praise right there. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.